Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast. Together, we're cultivating real conversation, real community, real lives. Join Tammy Brown and Melody Workman of Sandals Church as they discuss real issues and empower women to cultivate truth, live out their faith, and connect with a community of kindness. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast. And just a reminder that Melody and I, our heart is to not try to preach to you or teach to you, but really just bring you guys in into the everyday real life conversations that we're having as we navigate what it means to be a woman who um, is kind, all the different relationships that we navigate. You know, we say all the time, we're not where we want to be, but we're not where we were. And so that's what we want to do is just have the conversation. We're not experts on everything. Or it's anything, just, <laughs> actually. <laughs> that kind of went without saying. But um, <laughs> so, but what we want to do is just have the conversation. You know, we put out there some questions for you guys to ask us on social media. And so what we're going to do in this episode is we are going to sort of just navigate our thoughts on that, mm-hmm. what we know of God's worth on, word on that, and then how... Um, we want to encourage you guys to become the best version of yourself. Yeah. To be, help me, help me do it. Spiritually wise, relationally kind, kind, emotionally emotionally healthy, healthy, connected in community and serving serving on a a team, team, which is the vision of Cultivate. When we're doing all of those things and pursuing them well, we can find wholeness. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about all year is how to pursue wholeness and there are spiritual practices and things that we will get into, but it's also really good to know the practical barriers that are in our way. And then what are the practical ways that we're going to get around those? Um, because it's, you're not, but you're not in a category by yourself that you're busy. That's not like a, just a you problem. Um, you're not in a category by yourself that you're battling anxiety or insecurity. That's not just a you problem. That's an us problem. That's Mm -hmm. an us epidemic. So I think that there's a lot of wisdom for us to put our heads together and go, hey, what are those battles and struggles you're facing and how together can we navigate through those Mm -hmm. and get on the other side? Yeah, Um, I think that's the best thing is that we're with you guys in this. I mean, hopefully anybody who listens on a regular basis knows that, you know, these aren't things that we're asking you guys to do that we're not trying to practice ourselves. We also don't want to waste our time with conversations that don't have meaning for us too. And so all the things that we talk about are things that we're trying to get better at, that we're trying to navigate with you. And hopefully together we get better. Yeah. Which is, which is the goal. Um, so one of the first questions we asked was, what do you find most challenging about mm. your relationship with Jesus? Um, and I thought so, like so many of the thoughts, um, that came in were like shared, you know, again, this isn't just a you problem. It's an us problem, but let mm-hmm. me toss that to you first. What do you find most challenging about your relationship with Jesus? Me. <laughs> yes. you. <laughs> I am the problem in my relationship with Jesus. Um, I think the most challenging for me is distraction and lack of discipline. Mm-hmm. I'm not a super routine, repetitive, self-disciplined type of person. Mm-hmm. I hate things. I hate repetition. <laughs> and so um, 
I think that's the most problematic thing is that because of that, I tend to struggle with the discipline of every day, every time prioritizing it, I'm distracted easily. Yeah. And so I'm distracted by pleasing other people. I'm distracted with busyness. I'm distracted with striving. Mm -hmm. I'm distracted with worry, Mm -hmm. (laughs) worrying about who said what, who did what, who's doing what, that I'm not a part of it. And before I know it, um, mornings turn to night Mm -hmm. and I forgot to focus at all. And that, that is my, I think that's my most challenging thing. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. Um, I probably have more than one, but one of the things that I've realized over the last year, especially is, and you can relate to this, um, you know, we're both leaders and in the church. And so people turn to us for answers, which makes sense. Um, Joke's on you guys. (laughs) Joke's on you. I'm kidding. (laughs) Keep coming to us. (laughs) Um, But I'll find myself at times um, somewhat disillusioned because if I feel like I don't have the answer or I, I don't know the answer or someone's question or idea perplexes me, um, I'll, I'll get frustrated and I'll just kind of want to go, you know what, like call it quits, like just kind of mm-hmm. throw in the towel and like walk away. Um, I have to constantly remind myself that Jesus is not a textbook um, that I'm supposed to recite and memorize and give answers out of. Mm-hmm. He's a person that I'm supposed to know deeply and intimately. And that mind shift is is crucial because what what do you do when you're taking a class? Like you're just trying to get through the book mm-hmm. so that you can be done with it. A relationship you keep coming back to over and mm-hmm. over again. And so that's the place where I want to be, that I'm not just like searching the Bible for the answer to so-and-so's problem, that I'm just constantly engaging with Jesus in an ongoing relationship mm-hmm. that's between him and I. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, sometimes I learn things in that that are beneficial for other people, but that's not what it's based on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, think I have I to struggle, remind myself. Yeah, I've struggled with that just in the position, being a pastor's wife, feeling like I have to know everything, get everything right, do everything. And so I would find myself pursuing reading God's word or prayer so that I could be enough for everybody else. Yes. And it wasn't for me. Right. Which is what make, when it's for me, then I become enough. Exactly. Um, I think also one of my biggest challenges in my relationship with Jesus is remembering that he's for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a six on the Enneagram. So like fear is a real part of just like my DNA. And so I'm afraid constantly that every time I get it, not a hundred, you know, I have a lot of one in me too, the perfectionist. So when I don't get it right, then I'm afraid that I'm in trouble or I, I'm a disappointment to mm-hmm. him. And so one of my challenges is remembering that he's for me. He loves me. Yeah. He knows me and he loved me anyway. Mm-hmm. And so that's a huge challenge. Yeah. Um, okay. So let me ask you this. So in that question, what do you find most challenging about your relationship with Jesus? Um, this answer came in. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to have you speak to that. So it said, the challenge is being so others focused that my relationship with others comes before my own needs. Mm. And I can't express that I want to be in the word with my husband because I don't want to appear selfish in exerting my need in how we spend our time together. So it's kind of a two-part question of, um, I'm so others focused 
yeah. that I forget, which I, same, same right. friend, same. Um, but also um, that she's focused on that dynamic between her and her husband, which is such a common thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, between Although I would couples. say to her husband, he gets pretty selfish on how he wants to spend time together sometimes too. <laughs> So you want to do that? I want to I read the Bible. I was not ready for that. <laughs> we can do that, and then we're like, going to get into like God's we're all, word. We're all going to say how we want to spend time together. <laughs> I'm going to know you, then we're going to know him. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> I'm, right. sure, I'm sure that person's going to love that answer. <laughs> I hope that was helpful. No. <laughs> Um, well, first, I'm, when I'm reading the being so others focused, I want to say, might you be an Enneagram too, right? <laughs> the helper. Right. Um, and and here, here's the thing, and you just alluded to this, and I think it's so crucial. Um, and this could be the relate your kids' needs, your spouse's needs, your roommate's needs, your boss's needs, what, whatever relationship mm-hmm. circles you're running in where you feel like, I'm, I'm so focused on them, I can't focus on me. One of the things that I have um, have been trying to, to teach myself and teach others is that spending time with God isn't being isn't being self focused. It's being God focused because He's the one who's inviting you to spend time with Him. So you're not you're not you're not just cheating yourself. You're cheating Him. You're saying no to Him. So if you can make this shift that when I say. I'm going to set aside this time, you know, with God. And and life happens. Sometimes that gets interrupted, you know, back to our friend Instagram. You'll you'll see you'll see the the post and the the word is open. Coffee cup strategic. Coffee placed. cup, it's highlighted. Hopefully we see the cultivate logo on it, ladies. The manicured hands <laughs> are around the coffee cup. Um, shabby chic pillows are around. Joanna Gaines prepped the room before they took it. <laughs> I'm just being with God. Just being with God. And I'm like looking around. Later. There's like my bras on the floor. <laughs> there, um, toothpaste is somewhere crusty on the wall that bount, ricocheted. Like, and then I'm like, well, then this just isn't worth it. If it can't look like that, my then I'm just not going to do it. Count. Yeah. He, God didn't even like meeting with me in this place. He was like, pick up your bra, Melody. <laughs> How can we even be together right now? <laughs> so I have to do the same thing. I have to turn that off and remember that the significance of our time together has nothing to do other than with just me being ready to receive from him mm-hmm. and share with him. Mm-hmm. That that can happen in my car when I'm driving. That can happen in the shower because I'm actually alone and having quiet time. That can happen when I'm on the toilet. Sorry, mm-hmm. you guys. You know I was going to go there because the, the door this shut is and locked. Such a real thing. And with the Melody. vent is on, she and so no one bothers me. <laughs> I went there. Sorry. It's just how we work. But <laughs> it's like chilly free time, Melody. Ever? Has. I know. I get up and I have ring around the butt. Do you know what I mean? Because I sat there for so long. <laughs> Okay, moving right along because I love... Yes. So that, that leads me into some of our next ones. Yeah, that probably didn't help, but... <laughs> it actually did because um, the next three questions that came in all had to do with time. How do I be intentional in making time for me and God over everyone else? 
I'm a full-time working mom of three, and it's hard to consistently commit time to be with God. And I feel guilty when motherhood and work take precedent. Mm -hmm. And then finally, time, time, time. How do I be consistent and prioritize the, prioritize the word in relationship with God? I spoke to that in our previous episode, but also that's what I would say to that is there are different seasons when you have more time. I used to have three babies that felt like all at once. Mm -hmm. And my time looked different because I remember sitting down and the second I'm like, okay, Bible open, like someone's throwing up, someone's diapers off, someone's broke something, right. someone's crying. And it's like, Matt, stop And then crying. next time, <laughs> and then the kids woke up. No, <laughs> um, but honestly, the next thing I know, I'm going to bed and I see my Bible sitting there. You know, that's not what my season looks like now. So to figure out what season you're in, that, yeah. that real with self time, to know that God knows that, but also like you said, so to figure out what does that look like? Because here, here's the thing. I know I have time. I, I live really far from Hunter Park mm -hmm. and I couldn't live farther literally and be in Riverside still than from Hunter Park. But I know I have a 35 minute drive every time I come in. And so I've tried to either spend that time with my radio off mm -hmm. praying yep. or with um, like a book on mm -hmm. like that has spiritual direction in it or literally listening to the bible yeah and then i get here and i'm like hit the ground running when i'm here and next thing i know it's like 10 30 at night time for bed yeah that's the time you might have it might be in the shower it might be in you know like the car ride figure out but you have time yeah all of us have the same amount of time. Not all of us have the same amount of responsibilities and not all of us are in the same season. So you need to figure out and prioritize because here's the thing. I know this is true for me. It's probably true for most of us women is that when I don't make time for God, I'm the worst to everybody else. Mm -hmm. I'm the worst to my children. <laughs> oh my gosh, my poor daughter's. God has like a special blessing for them. And Matt and I are saving for their counseling right now. But they get the worst of me. They get angry me, impatient me, critical me when I haven't spent time with God. Yeah. So I bet they, I could put money down on, they probably prefer me to do less for them and have that time mm -hmm. so that I'm not the worst to them. And so, you know, if you have little toddlers, um, <clears throat> babies, that does look a little different. Yeah. It also might mean the amount of time. Like I said, I came into my adult pastor. I didn't grow up in a church of ministry. So like I didn't know the expectations that would be put on me as a pastor's wife. Some that were actually put on me and some that I assumed and, and, and shouldered all on my own with nobody's help. You know, I was like, man, good Christians, good pastor's wives get up at 5 a.m., you know, they read for 45 minutes and then they journal for another hour and a half and then they get their, you know, it's like, and when that wasn't me, I just had this shame and this guilt and I just felt so defeated. Mm -hmm. That That's not what it has to look like. For some of you, it might look like I'm going to read a chapter a day. Some of you it might look like I'm going to read a few verses today in a devotional and meditate on today, God, what does this mean for me? Mm -hmm. You know, some of it might be a different season where you have nothing but time. So you can do a whole Bethmore chapter in a day. Like that's like serious rocket science yeah. right there. Like, you know, and so figure out in your season, it might be less time that's more rich for you. If you're only reading a chapter or a, a, a few verses a day, 
Meditate on those words. Meditate on them, put them to practice. And guess what? When your season changes and you have a little more time, you have more time. When you get in that season where you can journal, like I'm not a journaler because that fear in me, I'm like, I don't want anyone reading my journal later because I probably don't feel that way. (laughs) I was like, so-and-so. And And then I was like, oh, I don't even feel that way. (laughs) But, you know, your season's going to change, but you can do something now no matter what season you're in. Yeah. That's on you. (laughs) The truth is I learned how to pray in the shower, as funny as that sounds. But when my kids were really, really, really little, someone challenged me about spending more time in prayer. And I was like, when? Like when they go Mm -hmm. down for a nap, I am getting a cookie or something. Like I'm going to, or, you know, I'm going to, or I'm going to clean or that's what I'm going to make dinner or that that's my only time of the day to get anything done. And so I was just kind of going through this whole list of here's why I can't. And she said, but for at least 10 minutes a day, you you're by yourself and in its quiet. And I know sometimes there's asterisks to that, but, and I said, that's what I'm going to start to do. That's where I'm going to start to pray every single day. And that was how I cultivated a habit. The other thing you need to think about when you think about time with God is you need to think about not trying to become grand Christian of the year. You need to think about starting a simple habit. Mm -hmm. Set your alarm five minutes earlier, five minutes you had no problem scrolling for five extra minutes. So set it for Which five minutes into earlier. Right. Um, that you didn't have. <laughs> when your kids go to bed and that's finally like your moment, then before you put on your DVR, this is us, take your 10, 15 minutes then. Lord knows you're going to need the spirit while you watch that show. <laughs> I mean, um, and if you're in season of life where it's, it's not kids, it's not husband, then how much are you hanging out you know, how much, how much time are you out with other people? Then do you need to go, hey, I'm going to be home by this time so that I can have this time. You need to look at your season and own it, not be mm-hmm. sorry for it. And then go, mm-hmm. God, you are the giver of all good things and I can give you my time. You, you've given me this life to steward and I can give you, I can give you my time. Mm-hmm. We don't have like a, a formula. Like if you're this age group, you do it this way. If you're this, it's for you to look at your own life and self-evaluate and go, what needs to change? We like to call that being real here at yeah. this Church. Yeah. <laughs> being real and like you said earlier, growing up. Like mm-hmm. we're growing up in our faith. So that kind of answers one of the other questions is the biggest distraction is obedience. How do I listen and wait on God and his timing? And I think you said that so well of what I've learned over time is A, God's time is always perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's rarely, if ever, been my timing. And the older you get, which you can't help that, um, but if you're older in the room, you probably know this to be true. The older you get, you have so many times you can reflect back on God's timing and know it was right that you can trust it in the moment. Mm -hmm. But it is that habit where you said like every day you you just trust a little bit more and a little bit more. And then before you know it, you have all of these things to look back on where you know, and this is cliche, but it's also so true of... I can trust God with my future and his timing based on who he's been and his faithfulness in my past. Mm. And that's just one of those things is how do you do it? You, you just listen, you listen and you wait and you have spiritual community and, and you get their input. And at the end of the day, like all of us have to ask ourselves, what do I believe? Like, what do you believe? Do you believe 
that God has a plan for your life? Do you believe he, has, he loves you and has good things for you? Do you believe his, his way is best? Mm-hmm. If you do, then timing, although it may feel hard, you can trust and wait in it. Yeah, yeah. So good. I, I, I want... I want us also to talk about, and some people wrote in about this, which I think is good. They talked about distractions, social Mm -hmm. media, avoiding those, prioritizing God, anxiety and and things that are overwhelming that make it hard to quiet my mind to be still and hear God. On a very practical level, um, it's really good and important for, for each of us to do an inventory of our heart and our minds to see those places where we invite anxiety Mm -hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Like we make a room, we make a room for it. We set up a space for it. We, 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 we nurture it at times. And I'm not talking about debilitating sickness or illness or anything like that. Um, but I, but I've recently talked to, uh, my sister is an Enneagram six and, um, we were having a conversation That's why you love me. and <laughs> you get me. she's like, she's worried about something that could happen, but hasn't happened, but might happen. So if it does happen, you know, we went through the whole thing and I was like, but you're, so you're inviting it in. And I do the same thing. We invite it in. We make, we give it a place at the table. We make sure it has enough to eat. Like we, we, we kind of just like care for it. It's like our thing. Um, and so I've been challenging her and I've been challenging myself with, instead of inviting anxiety in, invite gratitude in. And watch in, and watch mm. anxiety and worry begin to to shrink and become less powerful. Mm. And and literally, it's 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 literally this idea. This is how practical it's been for me. As a, a worrisome thought makes its way into my mind, I know that there's a journey that thought's about to go on. I know the spiral that's about to happen. So rather than meditate on worry and like follow that trail, I'll stop and you know I'll give you an example of um, one of my kids with with a medical issue recently, as soon as this thought came in my mind of what this could be, I literally flipped it on its head and said, God, thank you for, for medical insurance. God, thank you for access to doctors who will work with us to figure out what this is. Like, and, and the, just know that the enemy is lurking behind worry everywhere all the time because worry is how we stiff arm God because <laughs> mm-hmm. God says, don't worry. So when we worry, we go, well, I'm like, you're, you know, your toddler who's like, unlock the door. No, God's like, don't worry. You're like, I'm going to. It's, it's how we stiff arm God. So we have to honestly have a weapon and have a plan of attack against it, or it just takes us all out. Well, you know? and that's why having God's word in you, be anxious for nothing, instead pray. Yes. That's me narrowing it down because in instead. 2019, that, that was my verse that I meditated on every single day in my mind mm. because I struggle with anxiety, but that's what I do. I'm, I'm super worst case scenario. And so when I would feel myself physically get anxious, I would go to prayer. Yes. Like I can't control this Same. when it comes to the kids. You mm-hmm. know, I'm like afraid of everything for my children. I'm like, you love them. And, and I do practice like going through worst case scenario which typically usually ends in some version of like, and we all die. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it's like six steps to we're all going to die. That's I live there all the time. And my children now have that. They're like, I'm not doing that. I'm like, Matt just looks at me like, you did this to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I think even then, like let's say we get to worst case scenario, even then everything we believe 
stands true because even then we're in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. So my worst case scenario, we're all going to die is really bad, but also even then I, I know God holds us. Yes. So that, that be anxious for nothing instead pray. Mm -hmm. And so even if it's that quick, like, God, you know, I'm worrying about this, but I know that you can see what I can't see. You have a perspective that I don't have. And even if this is hard, even, even if I walk through the valley, I know you're with me. Yeah. And so that's why it's so important to just to, to know your own triggers. Know, I know when I start like getting this angst and anxiety is coming on, I know what it feels like physically now. And I'm like, okay, I need to pray. Yeah. Like yes. wherever that is. No, it's such a real thing. And you, uh, you honestly need to bring people into it to hold you accountable to it. Like when I start to spiral, make me, you know, we do this with our kids Tell me three things you're grateful for, right? Because they're complaining that they don't <laughs> okay, want to eat. Okay, guys, whatever. we tell you what to do. We don't do it ourselves, kids, right? <laughs> yeah, right? right, parents? <laughs> exactly. what we say. Yes, no. but it's like that I'm was kidding. God's idea. God's idea was <laughs> right. to, to instead pray and then give thanks to God for who he is and for what he's done. The um, idea but you though, have to practice it. Right, right. In that same question, though, it says, and quiet my mind. Mm-hmm. And that's where I would ask you, and I need to do this myself. Matt and I, like I said, we just had this conversation about being on our phone. It's like everything you hear says, don't be on your phone. Not only is it making you blind because of the blue light or whatever, which I'm clearly, I worry about that all the time. Um, (laughs) But, you know, you're... um, we know it's not good for us, but also in that... And so it's like, I ask you guys, be real with yourself about... Are you trying to quiet your mind? Mm -hmm. What are you doing on your end? Do you need to sleep with your phone somewhere else? Do you need to pick a day of the week that you're not looking at anything social media or news? Like a Sabbath from that, a rest from the noise of the world. That's a practice that as the church has grown, as Matt and I's um, relational capacity has grown, we have to do that of like, we need a day where we don't leave the house, Mm -hmm. we don't go in public, we don't look at our phones. We don't anything. That way, we can go back out yeah. refreshed. But yeah. I think that's a place all of us have to get so real of like, I want a quiet mind, but I don't want to have to give up anything to get it. Mm-hmm. But I want a quiet mind, but I don't want to stop doing things I want to do. Right. And it's just, it's like, if you want a quiet mind, pursue it. Yeah. Try to make it happen and start small. Say, I'm going to go two hours without picking up my phone. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go... I'm only going to look at Instagram during, this is a practice that I've been inspired by, by people. It's like, I check it once a day. I give myself 10 minutes and then I don't look again, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just the quiet of the mind, Yep. you'll start to feel, you know, I had shared about my niece when cell phones first came out and all night it was like, you know, which I'm like, oh, we need to not have our phone in here because we're literally not sleeping because just the presence of it, mm-hmm. you know? And so we're constantly being bombarded with all the things. Yeah. And so if you if we want to quiet our mind, which is where we tend to hear God most, mm-hmm. it requires something on our part. People yeah. want it without having to, to give anything up. Yeah. And so you have to decide what's the exchange going to be. I'm not going to give anything up, and my mind is going to feel like chaos. Mm. Or I want to feel wholeness in my mind. I want to feel peace in my mind. And I'm willing to lay down this, like what needs to be surrendered to get the peace of mind. Yep. So good. 
We asked um, we asked another question, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, how does today's oh, yeah. culture make it hard for you to be all in as a Christian? You know, I'm raising three teenagers right now, middle school daughter, um, a son in high school, another son in middle school, and the things that they are bombarded with every day, it makes That's me That's how I know sad. I'm my grandparents now because I'm yeah. like, yeah. when I was your age, I'm like, yeah. Matt and I are saying that all the time these The stuff days. that they come home with, like, today it's I saw so this, different. I heard this, yeah. and I'm just like, wow. I mean, it's really challenging, but it's challenging for all of us. Um, so what would you say some of those things are for you? And then we'll kind of get into some of the, the feedback that we got from some of our listeners. I think for me, how I struggle, um, to be all in as a Christian today is, hmm, the bad reputation yeah. that Christians have in the world. Mm-hmm. If I'm, I'm with super you, honest. I'm just not with them. <laughs> Um, I hadn't really thought of that part of it until right in this moment, but I really struggle wanting to not be associated with unhealthy religion and Christianity. Mm -hmm. And I'm afraid that if people know what I believe, sometimes they're going to reject Jesus because of me. Yeah. um, Because of what they assume I'm going to be like. Mm. And so... um, the culture that's so not for the church. I mean, even even in California, that's a different dynamic than other parts of the United States where it's cultural to be Christian. Right. Um, it's just like on Sundays, that's what you do. And it doesn't necessarily mean something, but it is culturally the norm. And right. it's not acceptable if you aren't going to church. Yeah. California is different than that. It's like um, we go to church if... There's nothing better to do. Mm-hmm. And so I think culture makes it hard to be all in. One, because we're embarrassed, mm-hmm. I think, sometimes of being a Christian because of what it has meant to culture yes. in a not good way. The other thing is because of all the options. Mm. Everything we're told that we have to be culturally, it's it, it's hard, you know, the Bible says we're to be in the world, but not like the world, mm-hmm. right? Again, my translation, but everything about our culture says you need to be exactly like the world. Right. And so managing that, because you want to feel accepted, you don't want to feel weird to the world, mm-hmm. even though we're supposed to. And so I think we compromise, I compromise um, on being bold because I don't want people to think bad. Yeah. You know, Um or to not like me, mm-hmm. or to reject me, because it's not cultural to be Christian. It's yeah. associated with all the wrong things. But here's what I will say is I do see a shift in culture in this way, that when something tragic happens on a major scale culturally, mm-hmm. the world wants Christianity. They want God. They want him to step in. Yeah. And so I think that that is advantageous to the rest of us, that want to be all in is to be looking for opportunities where we get to be the light in someone's life, where we get to be the hands and feet, where we can come alongside and care. You know, I had posted this, but I'm like, not. I I shared last episode that I like don't even understand like what a foul is in basketball. And we're like four seasons in like, I'm not sportsy. 
this is no secret to anybody. So with Kobe Bryant passing, I'm like not all tore up about it in the same way. Like I think it's tragic and it's sad, but I'm not like, I've lost my hero. (laughs) Yeah. I I probably never watched him play ever in my life. It's okay. But all I could think about, (laughs) forgive me, all I could think about was his wife. And and I started bawling because I'm a wife and I'm a mom. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, who's going to care for her? Who's going to love her without motive? Who's going to say, not try to like jump on the media train to get famous in her tragedy, which you know makes me crazy. crazy. Yes. (laughs) I go really sideways and kind of not Christian when I see people (laughs) trying to get, like jump on someone else's story to get that attention like, I sort of knew this person 10 times removed, so I'm not okay because, you know, like, and they're put, like, I, <laughs> that's when Melody gets the Melody text, like, but when I saw that, I was sobbing, and I am not a crier, but that's what I wanted to know. I wanted to know who's showing up right now at her house, mm. because you know why? Two weeks ago, we had to show up. Yeah. Who's going to stand there and hold her and say no words at all? Who's going to say, I'm going to care for the kids? Or how are you going to have that conversation with the other girls? Mm. Who's bringing meals by? She's a millionaire. She probably doesn't want to cook. I mean, she probably has cooked. But, you know, I'm just thinking of yeah. who's, and, and that's the thing. You're seeing celebrities that you would never in a million years think want anything to do with God by the way they live. And they're like, prayers. God be with you, think, you know, and so I do think that when, when life's worst moments hit us, the world wants God. Yeah. And that's why we need to be ready. We cannot be asleep. Like there's that scripture I love. I wish I would have thought to prep it on here, but it says, be awake. Mm-hmm. We need to be awake for those moments so that we can come up at the right time and the right way to culture to say, and this is why we believe what we believe and who we are, because even the worst moments we know we're okay Mm -hmm. because we know who has us. We know what our future looks like and we know that we have a hope in that most hopeless of moments. And so I think think the world wants that in the worst situations and Christians need to be ready. We need to be watching culture. Remember, we're supposed to be in the world but Mm -hmm. not of it. Yep. We need to be watching culture and we need to be looking for strategic opportunities to come in. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, one of the ones, one person said, I feel misunderstood and judged for being a believer. It can feel lonely. Mm. And I think that that's where my heart aches, even right now for my kids, you know, there's times where they remove themselves from conversations and settings at, at school because they're vulgar, they're inappropriate. And, but they feel lonely then when they go sit by themselves. Um, and so one of the hard lessons that I'm trying to teach them is, it's better to be lonely without regrets mm-hmm. than to have friends and be full of regret and sorrow for the choices that you're making. Um, and as I as I view like culture and how culture and Christianity tend to always be at odds, I remember that what Jesus did was Jesus didn't just move into the culture and just adopt everything that was around him. He moved in with love and compassion and made them want to know what he had that was different, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's hard. That's hard to do, especially in different stages of life. But 
I do think that if we're ever trying to balance, like being a little bit over here and a little bit over here, we feel broken and fragmented and divided. Um, we, we cannot, you know, we cannot be whole. Um, I was laughing at one person cause they said, um, people expect us to be perfect. I won't even put a sandal sticker on my car because Christians aren't supposed to speak. (laughs) (laughs) Matt's shamed him. That's why Matt said that so many times. But that's the funny thing is it's people expect us to be perfect. And the very next question is when I'm real, I'm judged and Christians look down on me. And I was like, yep. Yeah. That's what it can be like is Mm -hmm. there is this expectation. And I think like it's such a balance of, of grace mm-hmm. for others, ourselves and others, but also we are called to live a different way. Mm-hmm. And and we we are called to to not just be hearers of the word, to be doers. And so you're not expected to be perfect, you know, from God, but we are called to live in a certain way. We're going to fail. That's because we're human. On this side of heaven, our humanness is going to get the best of us you know, all the time, but, you know, we need to be careful because I think that's what the world feels from us is Mm -hmm. they feel judged. Yeah. And that's why I think our vision of being real is so important. That's why I love that phrase because our language can be so de-escalating if we're careful. It can be like, I know you're struggling. I've struggled too. I'm struggling too. Mm -hmm. You know, that phrase, you know, I got criticized pretty harshly recently and I said, you know what? You're right. And then I said this, I, I'm definitely not where I want to be, mm-hmm. but I know I'm not where I was. Mm-hmm. Like finding those phrases, finding those things you can say can help minimize that judgment. But also, if you're living a certain way that's crazy, the world is going to look and go, wait, you say you believe this, right? but you're always doing this? Yeah. There's a hypocrisy there, and it confuses the world about who we are. Going back to that first question of, that's what, like, why it's hard for me because I'm like, don't want to be associated with right. so many people that are like Christians, mm-hmm. but then they live. And not just them, but us yeah. too. We sometimes we live in such a way we want God's blessings. We just don't want God's boundaries. Uh, perfect. We, we're like, rain it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us, yum, 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 yum. <laughs> give it to us, Lord. And then he's like, sleep with your own husband. What? Stay in your own bed. What? But you know, be kind. Put, forgive put, one yeah, another. Put that, put that wine glass down. Like whatever those things are, and we're just still saying, rain down on us, Lord. Give us all mm-hmm. the things, King Jesus. And then He's like, Well, I'm gonna. You need here's some boundaries for you. Mm-hmm. And and the best way that we represent Christ to a world that's just full of chaos and confusion is to say, There's a better way, mm-hmm. and it requires something of you but there's a better way. You don't have to live in constant confusion and chaos and crazy. There's a better way, but we have to be the ones modeling that mm-hmm. way. One of the things that I love is um, years ago when I had a when I had one of my first like secular jobs and I was just like, Melody, be a light, be a light. And this was like way when I was like super Jersey. So I just fought all the time. Back, and Back when you were super back Jersey. Back when I was super Jersey. Okay. And... Um, I remember just going to this job day in and day out and and there were temptations and there was those crazy people and just foul and and just all of these things. And I would just try my hardest to like be love, be kindness, be funny, like establish relationships, but also 
establish boundaries. Like this is where I am and I'm not better than you. This is just where I am. Mm -hmm. And I remember on a really, really hard day, one of the, one of the people in the office who was like, you know, happy hour, crazy, drunk, just all the things, um, finds me in the cafeteria one day and said, um, I just found out that my mom is dying and I don't pray, but I know you do. Would you pray for my mom? Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I realized that having boundaries, not being Mm self-righteous, but having boundaries and establishing that there was a difference, it didn't create a barrier. It created a bridge. Mm -hmm. And we can do that. We, we can do that by being followers of Christ. But it so takes intentionality. It takes intentionality, for sure. And it takes sometimes loneliness. You, you don't get to do that. You don't get to be over there. You don't, you don't get to do that. But you do get to be with Jesus, and he's really good about bringing moments and opportunities mm-hmm. for you to kind of share that light. Mm-hmm. Um, before we wrap up, I just want to kind of hit, we, we talked about this when we talked about being divided, um, and you've hit on this a lot, but... How do we quiet the noise of social media? And, and we and we talk about it. Like we can turn our phones off. We can do this. It's like we um, could do it every month on yes. social media, it seems like. Totally, because it's such, it's such a powerful force for both good and evil in our world. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that we're – so that we can really pursue this idea of wholeness – and we understand that social media is one of the things that's working the hardest against us. Um, what are what are some practical things that you've to kind of expound on what you've already talked about? Here are some things like muting people is not wrong. Muting people is a, is a boundary. Mm-hmm. That it's okay, it's okay for you to practice a healthy boundary. Um, I've I've recognized you and I have talked about this that there were some people on social media that were making me go crazy. Um, and I was like so angry. And my husband's like, So why are you why are you reading it? Why are you reading the post? I'm like, why are you talking to me right now? I didn't <laughs> I didn't ask, you know, but it, it was so common sense. I was like, yeah, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. We almost act like it's happening to us. Yeah. Rather than it's what we're choosing to do ourselves, you know? So when I started to say, okay, Melody. You need to drop some weight. I just drove by Tio's Tacos. I didn't drive in, sit there, buy one, smell it, and sit in front of it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, I just, and that's a great analogy for our mental health. Yeah. Like part of cultivating wholeness is taking our mental health seriously. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we've gone over this. We need to, I think, monitor how much time we're spending on it. Mm-hmm. You know, what we're following, who we're following, what we're engaging in because it's not happening to us. I think that's such a great point. It's not happening to us. And we are in charge. And part of maturing is taking ownership of what you develop an appetite for. Yeah. And what you engage in because we're responsible for that. Mm -hmm. No one's forcing our accounts. No one's forcing what we look at. And here's the thing that Matt says to me all the time, and it's kind of a gross analogy but it's so true. It's he's just, he calls Instagram women porn. <laughs> and he says women all the time want men to not look at porn because it's gross and it's bad for them. And yet women are all up in it every single day mm-hmm. because we're attracted to and excited by different things. Yeah. And so when you think about like that, well, what are you exposing y- yourself to mm-hmm. and taking ownership of that? 
Yeah. You know, and, and again, you have to change. Like I, you guys, have, if, if you listen to the podcast, you've heard me talk about with my own kids, like what was birthed out of fear in me, God used for good in them. But, you know, I was sexually abused as a small kid. And so when I had kids, that was a big fear of mine. And so I would have these conversations with them all the time about being your own best protector. Mm. Like dad and I can't always be with you. And so when we're not, you have to be your own best protector. Mm. These are the conversations that we had when they would start play dates and we weren't there. When they would start having sleepovers at other people's houses of like, here's the things that are okay. And here's the things that you shouldn't see, you shouldn't do, you shouldn't be taught, you, you know, those kind yeah. of things. Well, those kind of things have changed when the kids have gotten older, mm. especially with phones. With my son in particular, you know, we've had to have that conversation about, hey, Ethan, when you were little, it looked like this. Like, you know, you don't get undressed in front of people. You, you know, all, all of those kind of physical kind of things. Mm -hmm. Now those conversations look like you have to be your own best protector, even from yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to protect yourself from what you see. You have to protect yourself from what you're engaging in, from where you let your mind go, from the conversations you have, from the mean-spiritedness that you dish out. Because here, you know, if, if he's mean-spirited to every person he knows, on the backside of that, he's lonely because he has no friends. He needs to protect himself mm. from that. Mm -hmm. And I would say that that's true for all of us. Yeah. It's our job to be our own best protector it's good. in that way. and it's and really that, good. I think, you know, I remember several years ago when there wasn't even Instagram yet, it was just Facebook. I had seen someone on there that had hurt me deeply and I was, I would obsess on it. And my anger went like threat level 10 anger all the time. And now it's spilling out and infecting everyone in my world. Mm. And our good friend, Lori Zimbardi said, give me your computer. And she got on and she like erased my Facebook account. Mm. She said, we're all done with that. And to this day, that was like five or six years ago. I don't have Facebook. Yeah. And so, and it was at first, I was like, I was like, like coming off of it, you know, I'm like getting on my phone <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's not, like, and a few weeks went by and a few months went by and I'm clean from it. Mm. I've like detoxed from it. And so, and, and part of that is when I'm the best version of myself, I know that part of wholeness comes from that. Yeah. You know, it's and good. so we have to be our own best protectors when it comes to social media. Yep, so good. And and here's the beauty as we wrap up. Um, I, I heard a conversation ju just this week, and and I heard the person challenging um, this teenager. And as they were kind of processing what the teenager was going through, at the end of the conversation, the adult said, the beautiful thing is you get to choose. You get to choose. You have the most powerful position there is right now in your life you get to choose. And ladies, we get to choose if we're going to pursue wholeness or not. Mm -hmm. We get to choose whether or not we will pursue being unbroken and undivided. We get to choose whether we will prioritize our mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical health. Mm -hmm. And so we're excited about this year because mm -hmm. that's the journey that we're going on um, individually and together and with the women of Sandals Church. And, and so we're, we're going to be sharing those things with you guys on social media on cultivative, just like different practices. We're doing different goals that we have in that. Yeah. And so, and then asking you guys to hear from those too. So yeah, we're excited about that. So we're excited and we've got more good stuff coming. And as always, thanks for being a part of the Cultivate Podcast. Bye. Bye.